you know, I've spent the last 20 years trying to explain to people how fast this happened to me and how scary it was down there. I mean, the dirt hit me so hard. You know, I didn't know which way it was up. I didn't know which way it was down. It was pitch black down there. And every time I moved, the dirt just kept packing in tighter and tighter around me. And, and it got to a point where I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. And, uh, you know, the weight of the dirt, they figured there was over 2,000 pounds on top of me. And um, the weight of that dirt, when I exhaled, it crushed down on my chest. I couldn't inhale. And, I mean, I was suffocating. I was trapped. And, you know, I knew I was going to die. I realized right then and there that, you know, because we weren't willing to follow the safety procedures, because we weren't willing to use all that safety equipment, that I was going to die right there in the bottom of that trench. I was never going to see my family again. I was never going to see my friends again. I was going to die right there. Welcome to the Fortage County Safety Council podcast. We hope you enjoy today's featured message. Welcome everyone to the Portage County Safety Council podcast. We're continuing our series today on the Ohio Safety Congress and Expo that's taking place on March 8th through the 10th. At this session, we're going to have over 100 educational sessions for people in the state of Ohio and surrounding states to attend and learn about safety and health events. And so Mike Thompson and I worked together and we looked at a schedule of events and we said we want to highlight what we believe are going to be some of the top rated speakers at Ohio Safety Congress so that you know what you're going to see when you show up. And I'm going to tell you, uh, talking just a little bit today with Eric already and looking at his biography on this, this is really good. The buried truth uncovered. I'd like to take this opportunity uh, to introduce to you Eric Jiggear. Welcome to the channel, Eric. Thank you so much for taking time to be with us today. Hey, Nick. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here, and I, I appreciate you giving me the time. So, Eric, tell us a little bit about yourself, the safety world, what you did, where you where, where you ended up at. Just kind of give us a little little bio. I'm 47 years old. I come to you from upstate New York. Um, that's where I currently live. That's where I grew up at. You know, I started getting in the safety world after I had my accident. It was October of 2002, young 27-year-old bulletproof kid, you know, trying to make a name in the industry, wasn't afraid of anything, and, you know, wanted to move up through the ranks and just got involved in a terrible safety accident. After the accident happened, I felt compelled to try to, you know, maybe make a difference and prevent from what happened to me happen to other people, and, and that's kind of how we ended up here today. You know, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. You know, when we're young, we're, we we think we're invincible, right? We do things that we shouldn't do. And, and, and as we get older and we get into safety, we're to preach it to the young guys all the time. Uh, and I think your story really resonates with that. Tell us a little bit about this accident that led to you um, making this career shift into safety and health. I was a union laborer and um, I did, you know, quite a few different jobs working for the union. And uh, I eventually ended up getting involved with a smaller company who was working on sawing the sewer line project. I came in towards the end of the project. And after the project was over, they asked me if I'd help them go down the road about 10 miles and help them install this water line. The problem was I'd never done any kind of water line work before. I'd never done any trenching before. You know, I really didn't have any idea how to do that type of work. Um, I didn't have any training, you know, but uh, like I said, I was 27 years old. I really need to keep working. I really need to make a paycheck. So I just went down and helped them do the project. And, uh, you know, I got down there. We were installing the, the water line with a pretty small crew. We had a five-man crew. And, you know, we didn't really start out doing things the wrong way. You know, we started out doing things we were supposed to. But, you know, eventually the inspector on the job, he wanted to see a little more dirt on top of our pipe. And then before he knew it, the landscape started to change. And we just kind of took a really slow change from doing things the right way to not doing them the right way. And um, it was just slow and it was gradual. And eventually we got to a point where we were working about six and a half foot trenches you know, kind of just ignoring all the safety procedures, kind of just doing things the way we'd always done it. You know, my boss, my supervisor, he had been digging ditches for about 30 years. And, um, you know, he never had any bad happen to him. He got 
comfortable having guys in trenches that deep, which made us comfortable being in trenches that deep. And it was just a recipe for disaster. So on the afternoon of October 4th, uh, 2002, we'd hit a small piece of drainage line. Uh, we needed to repair it. I got down to the bottom of the trench on my knee to clean out around it. And the bottom of that six and a half foot unprotected trench and um, it caved in on me. Man, that's, you know, that's, that's scary. Down on your knees, down in this trench, and all of a sudden it, it collapses in on you. It happens in seconds, right? I mean, there was probably not a lot of telltale signs for you when that situation occurred. No, I mean, there was no signs for me. You know, I I, uh, I had no time to run. I had no time to move. I had no time to get out of the way. You know, the only thing I really could do was is I caught all the dirt coming out of the corner of my eye. So I, you know, I flinched and I let out a loud scream. And, um, you know, I was instantly covered. And, um, I mean, I try. It's been 20 years. Uh, this year is 20 years. It's October. And, um, you know, I spent the last 20 years trying to explain to people how fast this happened to me and and how scary it was down there. I mean, the dirt hit me so hard. You know, I didn't know which way it was up. I didn't know which way it was down. It was pitch black down there. And every time I moved, the dirt just kept packing in tighter and tighter around me. And, and it got to a point where I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. And, uh, you know, the weight of the dirt, they figured there was over 2,000 pounds on top of me. And um, the weight of that dirt, when I exhaled, it crushed down on my chest. I couldn't inhale. I mean, I was suffocating, I was trapped. And, you know, I knew I was going to die. I realized right then there that, you know, because we weren't willing to follow the safety procedures, because we weren't willing to use all that safety equipment, that I was going to die right there in the bottom of the trench. I was going to bring out to my family again. I was going to bring out to my friends again. I was going to die right there. You know, you said something a little bit ago when you first started describing that day and the work that you're doing. You said, you know, we've just always done it that way. And how often do we hear that at job sites, be it in construction, a factory, We've just always done it this way, right? And nobody's ever gotten hurt. We've always done it this way. But, you know, one of your talking points is that an accident can happen in just a second. It only takes a second for something to change. Yeah, and it was only a second that day. And, you know, every time you do something unsafe or you don't follow a safety procedure and nothing bad happens, it kind of reinforces that it's okay to do it, right? Because I did it and I got away with it. And, and you know, I tell people all the time that, you know, it really is about the little things when it comes to safety, Right. You know, if you can't do little things like wear your safety glasses and fill out your JSA and, you know, do your PPE, put your steel toe boots on, then you're going to come from not doing even bigger things. And then when you come from not doing bigger things, you're going to come from not doing even bigger things. And that's when these bad accidents happen. And you know, that's kind of what happened on our job. You know, we kind of got comfortable being four and a half feet deep and then five feet deep. And then we got comfortable being five and a half feet deep and then six feet deep. And before you know it, it almost cost me my life. Now, comfort sometimes equals complacency. We just become complacent in the work that we do, right? I mean, this this was obviously was a new task for you, but how often do we do the same task over and over again? We just become comfortable with it. Driving down the highway, right? All of a sudden, I'm pulling in my driveway. How did I get here? Because we got so complacent. And, and I think that, that plays into injuries in the workplace so often. Absolutely. And, you know, when you become that complacent, sometimes you don't even recognize that you're putting yourself or others in a dangerous situation. You know, it wasn't even just me on that crew that day. It was everybody else that was complacent as well. I mean, you know, everybody on that crew that day knew that we were doing was wrong, but I one of them spoke up and said something because we were just so used to doing it that way. You know, because of that, you know, I really put my coworkers in a really hard situation. And, uh, you know, that's a lot of things that, that something that maybe a lot of people don't think about when they think about an accident work. And they think about, well, if, you know, if I get hurt, it's going to be me. And, but I realized after my accident, it wasn't just me. It was, you know, my coworkers, they had to make a decision about my life. You know, they didn't know where I was at. They didn't know how deep I was. You know, they knew if they used the shovels, there was a chance they weren't ever going to get to me in time. But then they also knew if they used the machine, there was a good chance they were going to hit me in the machine and kill the machine. And, you know, I put them in a situation to have to make that decision about my life. 
And um, likewise, you know, I didn't I didn't think about the effects it would have on all my loved ones, my grandfather, my mom, and and all my family members. So it um, it really takes a toll on on more people than just you. And that's one of the things I'd like people to learn from my session. You know, is that um, you know these accidents. You know, it doesn't have to be buried in a trench. You know, the same reason why I got buried in that trench is the same reason why somebody in your in your manufacturing facility or somebody working on a utility line or out in a plant, they're going to get hurt for the same reasons. It's that complacency. It's not going to happen to me. It's in a hurry. You just want to get it done. And, um, you know, I try to get people to think about that. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's a topic that's not talked about a lot in safety and health. It's not talked about a lot with the employees is. You know, we talk about keep yourself safe, keep yourself safe. We focus in on you, the individual. But when do we really extrapolate that out and talk about, hey, if you get hurt and you can't see, how's that going to affect your family members at home? You know, if you lose that hand, what's that going to do? You're going to be able to play ball with your son tomorrow. Like, we, we never ha really have those conversations often. And I think that's a unique perspective you're taking on this, you know, injury prevention um, safety mindset is, is the effect of family. And, and that's even something that you said to me, Nick, I really want to focus in on family. And the, and the effects of family. Yeah, because I'll tell you, after the accident happened and I was sitting at home, you know, my life was kind of falling apart. I, I was trying to figure out what was going to happen to me and everything was going on. I had all these doctor's appointments and and, and, I, and I was sitting at home and I just really started to think about, you know, why was I doing that? What was I doing? And how much was I getting paid to do it? You know, the company, they probably didn't want me to do it that way. You know, most companies don't anyway. My company wasn't right. really the best, but so they didn't want me to do it. And then look at what I did to all these people. You know, my, you know, my mom was widowed. My, my sister was a single mom. They counted on me for a lot of things. And all of a sudden I was in a situation where I almost wasn't there for them, you know? And I just started to realize every day watching all the people that it, this accident had an effect on that I never even thought about when I was out there working. And long-term effects that, you know, did that have a long-term effect on your mom and your sister and, and kind of that relationship you have with them, that, that fear existing there? It did. I mean, um, you know, it took me a long time to do a lot of things. You know, I, um, I went through a lot of years of counseling. Um, I have damage to my brain. You know, I had to go through a lot of therapy. I was afraid of the dark. You know, I didn't want to go swimming. I never wanted to hold my breath again. And, you know, I had really bad nightmares and mood swings. And, you know, my family all had to deal with that. Not to give everything away, see in the presentation, but, you know, my grandfather was my best friend. My dad died when I was little. You know, my grandfather didn't have any, had any sons. And we used to do everything together. We used to hunt and fish. And he was a big, tall, rough, rugged, hardworking man. And, you know, my mom said the hardest thing she ever had to do was she called him up and said, hey, dad, we got to go to New York. We go now. And my grandfather said, what are you talking about? We were just there for Eric's wedding. And my mom said, dad, there's been a terrible accident work today. We really don't think Eric's going to make it. And she said she just heard my grandfather drop the phone, phone hit the floor. And she could just hear this big man crying and sobbing, not my boy, not my boy. I did that, right? Like my actions that day in that job site, my lack of wanting to follow the safety procedures, my lack of wanting to use the safety equipment. All those things that I did on that job site that day put him through that. And um, 20 years later, I live with that every day of my life that I did that to my family. And that's really what I want people to learn when they come to my presentation is that it's not just about you. Uh, it's about the people that you love, that care about you, that depend on you, that need you. Uh, it's about your coworkers because your choices will affect them. They may have to make a decision about your life. An accident like this can happen to you. You know, as you look back on this and, you know, it's so easy to Monday morning quarterback anything, right? Like if I could have just put a box and I could have done this, but there's also just those life lessons that we learn about, you know, what's that one, one piece of advice you have to, to workers out there? Because, you know, the bosses can tell us what to do, but ultimately we as the worker have, have the final say, we got the control in the decisions we make and the way we work. What's that, what's that takeaway? What's that action item when you're out there working? Don't be afraid to speak up. 
I mean, don't be afraid to speak up if you see something unsafe. And if somebody does speak up to you, uh, you have to accept it, right? You can't shoot it down. You can't kind of poo-poo it and, oh, this is the way we've always done it. You have to accept it because if you don't, they're never going to speak up again, right? They're, they're never going to speak up and then they right. may be seeing something you're not. So uh, don't be afraid to speak up. And, um, you know, this accident can happen to you. An accident can happen to you at work. Like, you know, it was never going to be me, Nick. It was never going to be me. I, I mean, if you would have asked me, I, I would have bet you any amount of money in the world that it wasn't going to be me. And in just one second, it was me. But it wasn't just me. It was my coworkers. It was my family. It was my friends. It was my community. Like, it, it, it took, it sent a big ripple effect through everywhere. You know, that's, yeah, we often don't think about, you know, how far that extends when these, when these accidents happen. You know, as we prepare to head down to Columbus here in a couple more weeks, I'm excited to come see your presentation. I learned, you know, maybe hang out with you a little bit, learn a little more about you um, and your story. What's what's the one call to action? Everybody's listening to this. They're getting hyped up to go. What is your one call to action to people? What do you want them to do as they're preparing to head to Columbus? I want them to, again, not be afraid to speak up and, you know, make safety a priority. Make safety a, I know priorities change, but, you know, safety is not just a word. Sometimes we talk about safety all the time, right? I, safety, 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 safety. Well, it's not just the word. It's about people. I would encourage everybody to, to speak up. And I said earlier when we were talking, you know, safety is not really about what could happen, I don't think. You know, I thought that for a long time, you know, what could happen. I've learned after 20 years of, of going through all these things and getting a second chance of life and all the things I've experienced that, to me, safety is more about what may not happen, you know? You don't put them safety glasses on. You may lose your eyesight and not watch your daughter walk down the aisle. You know, you don't wear your safety equipment. You may lose one of your, lock that machine out. You may lose one of your hands and not be able to go hit those 18 holes of golf. And, and so I, I would want people to just own their own safety. Don't be afraid to speak up. Great message. And, and once again, thank you so much for being on here. Um, this message, you know, wants me to, really drives me to embrace, embrace life, right? Embrace what, what we have. Be thankful what we have. Hug the kids a little tighter tonight. Hug the wife Absolutely. a little closer. You know, love love those moments that you have. Um, Eric, thank you so much for being on here with us. Look forward to seeing you down in Columbus. And to our listeners, spend an extra moment with family this week. And everyone be safe till the next time we talk. Have a great day. Hosted annually by the Ohio BWC, the Ohio Safety Congress and Expo is the largest free workplace safety event in the United States. This year's event will be live and in person on March 8th through the 10th, 2023 at the Greater Columbus Convention Center in Columbus, Ohio. With over 8,500 attendees and exhibitors, three days of networking, 100-plus education sessions, and 72,000 square feet of exhibit hall and demo space, this is definitely one event that you do not want to miss. For more information or to register for free online, visit their website at www.ohiosafetycongress.com. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more episodes, check us out on your favorite podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pandora, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and more. To get new episodes sent directly to your phone or smart device, be sure to subscribe. To learn more about how your company can earn an Ohio BWC premium rebate by becoming an active member of the Portage County Safety Council, please visit our website at www.portagecountysafetycouncil.com.